You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Your legend begins. The realm's oldest enemy has returned. The stage is set for the new confrontation between Terranoth and the forces of darkness. In Descent Legends of the Dark, the definitive dungeon-crawling board game for one to four players. With fully integrated companion app as your guide, you are invited to embark upon the first part of a campaign that stretches across this enchanted land. Exploring dark forests and ancient battlegrounds as you confront the undead lurking behind the veil of mist, demonic barbarians stark in the wilds, and more. Throughout these trials, you'll develop your skills to meet greater challenges, craft new weapons and armor to aid you, and gain power that will stretch beyond this box into future adventures. Terranoth is in peril. Forge your own legend in Descent Legends of the Dark. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, and this is Justin, and I'm bringing you an oversized review of Descent Legends of the Dark, the newest dungeon-crawling game put out by Fantasy Flight Games. This is one to four players, plays in about one to two hours for a single scenario and i'll get more into it it's a campaign based game that does powered by a companion app as you heard msrp is 174.95 let's talk about first impressions for the scent legends of the dark now this is a big box game oversized it does still fit inside of calyx so still within that um cubic range but it is still one of the largest and most ambitious things i've seen come out of fantasy flight games and still has one of those highest price points we've seen out of Fantasy Flight Game Studios as well. So it's one of those, is this worth it for you? Now, I will say this is my opinion, and your mileage may vary on the game, and you may have slightly different takes on what makes it worth it to you. So, as all reviews, take this with a grain of salt. First impressions, Descent is a big, beautiful box that actually finally has gotten rid of the Fantasy Flight Tross. They actually have thought about storage solutions, and the entire game has this nice presentation to it as far as the first impression box. There's a lot of punch board to go through. You have 3D terrain to build. You have gorgeous minis, the best I've seen out of Fantasy Flight games yet, uh, right there as you open the box. The box is also separated into two different sections. So there's a whole section that's kind of a void airspace at the bottom that's designed to hold all the terrain once you build it. So you don't have to un- take it apart and put it back together. Very smart design choice there. Likewise, there's a middle section, which is more of a standard size game box that can hold the minis, it can hold the tiles, it can hold your cards and your dials and every all your dice and tokens and things. So overall, it has this wonderful, there's a lot of stuff in the box, but as you start building it, the 3D terrain is all punch board, cardboard, which is nice for a game that may have come out a decade ago. Now, I'm expecting more 3D printed terrain, I'm expecting a little bit more immersion on this. It's nice, but I will say, one of the things as I was building, it's like, wow, I can just print or make 3D model terrain that looks much nicer, painted up, and actually has a little bit more table presence. Now, if you're not into that sort of hobby, there's a whole nother layer of, this might be way more than what you're used to, but coming from a D&D background or miniature game background it may be left for uh, some desire there uh, first impressions again on the art 
It is a new, different style that Fantasy Flight has been pushed forward. There's a lot of going back and forth on the art direction on this game itself. I, for one, welcome our new art overlords as it is refreshing and is different. It has its own personality and flavor and that is consistent throughout the entire game. And that's what I find is refreshing about it is you don't necessarily see recycled art. We've seen that in a lot of the other fantasy flight games if they're sharing the same IP. Um, I will use the Arkham Files universe as an example. There's a lot of art that you've seen in the card game that has gone into Eldritch Horror, that's come into the third edition, that's come into Mansions of Madness, that has come back from Call of Cthulhu the card game. And while we do see new art, there is also old recycled art in there as well. Is it a terrible thing? No, but it starts getting a little bit more noticeable when you start seeing this recycled art in the third or fourth iteration of it. Descent Legends of the Dark does not have that, so very much a plus in my book for that piece alone. Now, the construction of the terrain, I, I talked about the punchboard quality of the terrain already. And as you assemble it, there is instructions, and I highly recommend if you do pick up this game, follow those instructions closely, punch out the pieces that you're currently building as you build them, because the art on them do match, and there is a little tricks and uh, issues as you go through it, which I think adds a little complexity to the game in the sense of you can't just bust this open, pull out the components, and go. There's a lot of setup you have to do before you can start playing the game to start with, which isn't necessarily a great thing. Another caveat on this review, this is a app-based game. It uses a companion app that's free to download on your Android Apple devices, or you have Steam, it's available on your computer that way. I usually use Steam because it can allow me to project it or put it on a bigger screen. I do recommend, especially with Descent, having a slightly larger screen, at least tablet size or bigger. Do not use your phone for this game. It is too tiny and you have to manipulate everything. And you're reading a lot of fluff and flavor text straight out of there. Now, you could have the argument of why do we need an app versus a game? Is it still a board game if there's an app required? And really, the app is there to enhance the experience, to allow you to have a story without having piles and piles of cards. There's actually a very limited amount of cards, and most of them are your one-use items, your equipment, and things of that nature, which some of the app takes some mechanics of it, and some of the, the passive mechanics you apply to yourself. And most of the major gameplay decisions are actually done right in the dice and the cards and the minis and the tactical dungeon in front of you. So you're not going and clicking and telling the app where you are. You're just telling the app, I want to interact with this tree or this well or this door. And then it will tell you what sort of test to make. And then you input what your result was and it will tell you what happens. So it gives a lot of back and forth from there. There are narrative events that do not use game components at all, and they're very story-based, and they will give you some items and uh, inventory, which will allow you to craft better gear enhancements, which, again, is managed within the app, and it does a lot of that administrative stuff for you. One of the things it reminded me of is, like, Kingdom Death Monster, where you get a lot of components, and you build and upgrade your gear, and then you can take that gear into your next hunts. But it's all app-driven, which is a cleaner, easier way to manage it. Now, it is a campaign-based game. There are 14 missions that you run through with some uh, with an optional mission, side mission in there. And each one took me about one to two hours each playing in a solo setting. In a multiplayer setting, it takes a little bit more time, so that's where the box says two to three hours. 
which when you're at the three to four player, I would anticipate is going to be more common because of decision points and the discussing of what you want to do tactically. I can read faster, I can make decisions a little bit faster if it's just me making that decision. So, as a solo game, it's interesting in that sense. Now, one other thing that I do appreciate that Descent does well is you have to have two characters in most. Some missions will require a specific character of the six that you get in the box. You have your entire six to pick through every mission, so you don't necessarily have to say, well, this is the character I'm playing with today, and this is the character I have to play for the rest of the campaign. You can switch it up. In fact, you may want to switch it up based on what type of missions you're heading into. Likewise, there's only four uh, character slots in any one mission, so you have to at least bench two of them at any given time. And sometimes you may only want to take two or three characters if you're playing a lesser, less than full player count game. Now, there's nothing stopping you from playing four characters in a, every mission as a solo player. You can absolutely do that. There's just a little bit more management in your personal player space that you have to deal with because you, as you flip cards, and that is a key mechanic that the game does efficiently, is cards are double-sided. They have different abilities on different sides, and you put uh, fatigue tokens on there and do flip them as an action, and that removes a fatigue, which is kind of your health status in the game beyond your health bar so it does a lot of cool in interactions with that i will happily say descent fans of prior versions in or the realm of terranoth will be pleasantly surprised with some cameos and some uh callbacks to the lore so this is still not a reset button it is a continuation of the terranoth lore so i was very happy to see some of those old characters crop up in in different uh, scenes and narrations that came through, but all the new characters as that you're playing through have their own stories to tell and you learn about them throughout the campaign, which is really nice to see. One other thing I was nicely, pleasantly surprised by was how the characters evolved and grew throughout the missions as different events brought them together as a group of friends and not just a bunch of travelers on the road. It felt like a Dungeons and Dragons RPG style story. You have characters that have started from one point and moved to a whole nother point by the end of the story. And other than one particular mission, you are allowed to fail. And there's different consequences depending on which missions you fail. But the story continues and it will adapt a little bit to those failures. I will say one of the opportunities that Descent Legends Dark had is there's not much in the branching of narratives. And the sample uh, campaigns I've played, keep in mind there's a lot to play through and I may not see every potential iteration because that's how it is. But I did notice most of the maps are set up identically from each other. So this starting scenario, the very first one was pretty much the same every time. It did change up sometimes what monsters respond or how they behave, but as far as the map goes, that did not vary. And coming from Mansions of the Madness, where different, the same scenario could be built a couple different ways, I was a little disappointed in that aspect. The maps are 3D terrain. You put pillars on them. You can actually have elevations. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on being used in the maps. However, I would have liked to see some variety to allow replayability to be a little bit higher. That being said, one of the other downsides I will say is the quality of 3D terrain is a slot-paced system, which for some of the terrain, like braces on the doors, they're not going anywhere, you're not disassembling them. The treasure chest, you're not disassembling. But what you are doing is you're putting elevation pillars on platforms to make different levels of the game. And the slots on the tiles and the pillars tend to rub and come apart a little bit more frequently, which, unfortunately, for a $175 board game, I was a little disappointed to say, hey, I've already played this game 
and I'm already seeing a lot of wear and tear on some of my tiles just because of how frequently they're handled and then manipulated together or not together depending on those pillars. Interesting thing is if you look at it as just a physical component, the game is clearly not $175 worth of components. There is something to be said about the quality of minis and the fact that there are um, a bunch of them and that there is a lot of 3D terrain. However, with the tree, 3D train being cardboard and not plastic, I don't see the value there. I also have an issue with, while there is a number of minis, there are only 10 different models of monsters, plus the, the big bad guy, and 6 heroes, which are unique sculpts. That's not a lot of variety, though the quality is there. Now, the other thing I will say about that is a couple of the minis, especially the hero minis, have large action poses or... One particular one wields a staff weapon, which is extended beyond his base. I found many a time that I had to twist the heroes in a certain way to make them fit when they were in a space adjacent to another mini. Uh, whether that be another hero, whether that be terrain, or a bad guy. It was slightly disappointing to see how much I had to manipulate the minis just to make them work on the map. And then all of a sudden, my characters are not facing what they're supposed to be facing if they're trying to fight. Now, I posted some pictures on our social medias of the minis, and I've did some uh, map scenes. And I will say, having the minis, having the 3D train, having the elevation on your maps does portray a new level of immersion that I haven't seen out of a board game, per se. I have seen it in tabletop RPGs, when you build your own terrain and you actually build scenes for dungeons and things of that nature. So I've seen it before, just not in a board game. So it was refreshing to see it in a board game. It gave that dungeon crawl immersion experience that you don't need a DM for this and you can really just play this as a D&D game for yourself and have about 20 to 30 hours if you're playing solo or probably closer to 40 hours if you're playing in a group worth of scenarios to play through. And that's not repeating anything. So there's a lot to, of game in here. Now the other part of that price tag of $174.95 is the app itself and app development. Not cheap. So I do give it a little leeway for that. Ultimately what I would say about Descent Legends of the Dark is it has a great table presence. It has a lot of neat tools that can be used. However, it is marked as Act 1. And there is a planned story. And even if you, when you finish the campaign, it sets you up as if this was like Fellowship of the Ring. There is more story to come. You're not left with a giant to be continued downer feeling like Empire Strikes Back, where it's the second part of an act. But it definitely feels like a first part of an act, and there's more to come. And it does set up what could be a potentially amazing story coming forward. Overall, my big feelings on Descent is it is a fun game. There's a lot of interesting new things doing it to a dungeon crawler, and it will evolve dungeon crawlers into a very new level. It's accessible for a lot of people and plays in a lot quicker, smoother mechanics than some other dungeon crawlers that are highly popular. However, for the price tag, it has a little bit left to be wanted. I don't know if it was the fact that the 3D terrain is already showing wear and tear while I was trying to play this game as much as possible before I re recorded this review. If the terrain had been plastic, I think I would not be balking at the price as much. I also think of what I got out of Twilight Imperium for $25 less, and I get a lot more game and a lot more enjoyment out of that personally. Well, maybe not a narrative enjoyment, 
And I think of things like Gloomhaven, which are coming at a much more lower price point that offer even more time at the table in a dungeon crawler experience. Albeit the mechanics are a little bit more uh, tedious in that and there's not the app power drive behind it. So with all that being said, I think if you group fund a copy of Descent, I think the group would have a lot of fun with it and then nobody would be truly left out on the corner of shelling out almost $200 for a board game for their group. I hope you've enjoyed Tabletop Arcane's review of Descent Legends in the Dark. This has been Justin. Please check out our social medias on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, as well as YouTube. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and do all those things you need to get notified when we release new content. As always, thanks for listening, and happy gaming. Tabletop Arcanum produced by Justin Taylor. This episode is hosted by Justin Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.